Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football, with your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. And of course, I'm joined by Dan LaMagna. That is at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's going on, Dan? JB and Mitch, great to see you, gents. Pumped, man. You know, I, I know I say this every week, but the anticipation just keeps building. Week 15 of 11 playoff dynasty teams, only one's dreams got dashed. So I, I feel good, you know, going into week 15 and... I don't know, JB. The only negative, man, is I, th- I think you're in the same boat as as I am, man. We got about, what, 15 inches of snow coming here in the Northeast? I don't know if it's that high. I heard eastern Pennsylvania was going to be very bad. I think we're scheduled maybe two to five inches, but they're saying 7 a.m. tomorrow to 7 a.m. Thursday. But that's fine because we have nowhere to go. We can just pod. <laughs> we can pod that's all right. day, and but- that's fine. See, I love how you think that this could be a benefit to our dynasty teams. Absolutely. And that's the spin I'm putting, you know, while we've been in quarantine. That's the spin. (laughs) We we got fantastic guests all off season. You know, we were able to jump on midday if we had to. But a guy that was not able to jump on midday with us, because as we say, he is essential to the state of Utah. We are joined by Mitch Sorensen. That is at DinoMC on Twitter. What's going on, Mitch? What's going on, guys? Yeah. Sucks being essential, but you know, I'm hoping to skip out for some of those Patreon breaking news videos we'll be have coming out when coaches are fired and stuff like that. But nah, dude, I'm super happy. Like my wife already gave me my Christmas gifts. I got the sweet meat eater hat. I've been wanting one for a while. So yeah, I'm ready to roll tonight. I know that we don't want to jump the gun. Dan is excited about fantasy playoffs. Our listeners are excited. We're excited. But I'm, I'm kind of ready for the season to wind down and to get into that off-season mode because I say that stretch – I know, I Dan, I know, I know. But that stretch from like January to May, the rookie draft time, I love it. And then, Mitch, you know very well, once we hit June, July, it's kind of the dog days of summer, right? Yeah, and it kind dead. of That's the point of it's pure speculation 24-7 hot takes start coming out more and more and more, more than what we've already seen up to this point. And Mitch, you and I, we were talking off the air. We've seen some doozies. This week's episode is brought to you by myfrontpagestory.com. This is the best, most unique holiday gift ever, especially this year during the pandemic. Seriously, you don't even have to leave your house. It's done over the phone. You talk to a professional writer about a loved one for about 10 to 15 minutes, and the myfrontpagestory.com writer will write the most incredible story about them. There's something truly amazing about saying to somebody, I wanted to do something special for you this year, so I had a story written about you. The story looks like it's on the front page of the newspaper, framed, and a lifetime keepsake they will put up in their house immediately. It's incredibly emotional for them when they read quotes from you in print that say things like, I can never thank her enough, or I wouldn't be the person I am today without her. It just hits differently when they read it in print. Bottom line, your loved one will cry happy tears and you'll win. I know Dan got a few of these for loved ones for Mother's Day, and they absolutely loved it. Dan hasn't stopped raving about it since. Go over to myfrontpagestory.com. Make sure you use code THEORY20. Again, that's THEORY20 for 20% off. Myfrontpagestory.com. Use code THEORY20. Check out what they have to offer. You're going to love it. Tonight, and we've seen some, some hot takes about this gentleman, 
But we're going to talk about Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, the dynamic there in Philadelphia, what we can expect from a dynasty perspective, how it's going to impact things in Philadelphia for the remainder of 2020. And then, of course, we're going to be discussing recency bias because once the fantasy playoffs end, people are gearing up towards startup season. And the things that people remember are what just took place. So, Mitch, did you say you wanted to start with you or Dan for Jalen Hurts? Doesn't matter to me. All right, then let's start with you, and then Mitch will okay. or Dan will start with you for Carson Wentz. But Mitch, Jalen Hurts, people were so excited. A guy that comes in and presents that rushing floor, and he gives you that ceiling as well. But what are your thoughts here on Jalen Hurts and what we saw on Sunday? So I was actually surprised because I didn't think he was going to do well in the Saints. You know, I was talking all week and like I don't want to start a lot of the Eagles. I'm not sure how good this offense is going to be. And lo and behold. He goes out and has a really good fantasy game. You know, he didn't have the accuracy that we're kind of hoping for. I think he threw like 57% or something around there. Um, but as far as what he did for that offense, it was amazing. Like all of a sudden, Miles Sanders is Miles Sanders again. And you can start to breathe some life into this offense. And so I think moving forward, it's going to be how much of it is a running quarterback. People haven't caught up to the scheme that they're going to be running now. So maybe teams are going to need a couple weeks to catch up. Then once teams catch up, it kind of drops them off a little bit. Or maybe he's just really good and going to kind of take off. And that's one thing. I mean, I I don't want to keep plugging it, but just give me my my 30-second spiel here. We talked about this in our Patreon chat. And if you haven't checked it out, I strongly suggest you do. Uh, I might be a little biased, of course, but we've had conversations nonstop. We've pumped out two extra pods already Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be doing that throughout the entire year. So once startups hit Sunday mornings, startup Sundays. That's what we're doing. That's what we're focusing on, changing values, things like that. But it's additional content, in my opinion, valuable and fantastic information and conversation. And I think a lot of the people in the chat are having a great time with it. So for one month, come check it out if you don't like it bounce, but I think you'll stick around. So Dan, I want to ask you because you, you bring the coaching perspective to this. And I've been thinking about this and I meant to put it in the show notes just so you could kind of prepare, but I'm going to, we're going to do this one on the fly here. So Jalen Hurt steps in, obviously a rushing quarterback, very different than Carson Wentz as a coach, as a team, how big of a difference is that in, in preparation? Obviously, they knew beginning of the week that Jalen Hurts was the starting quarterback. But in our Patreon chat, uh, Packy, who's in the chat right now, Packer Nation, he asked the question. He said, how many rushing quarterbacks have the Saints faced this year? And I went through their, their schedule. Justin Herbert was the most mobile. 321 dropbacks, 185 rushing yards. Jalen Hurts had 106 rushing guards in one game. So uh, Justin Herbert's stats that I just spit out, that's for the entire season. So again, Dan, how big of a role does that play and how difficult is it for a team to adjust? Yeah, there's multiple elements here. One, it's tough because you don't have much game film on the kid. You're very limited. You know, if Carson Wentz was the quarterback you're preparing for, man, you got cards drawn up of different tendencies and formations and what to expect and those teams are ultimately prepared more than we could ever imagine going into game day. But then you get Hurts where you don't have much game film on him, so you're guessing more. Then you got a scrambling quarterback, which is also a pain in the you-know-what for coaching staffs. There's a lot to prepare for with a little bit of game film, and obviously it was hard for the New Orleans Saints. You know, they have a couple times a year their defense kind of, you know, has a stinker, man, and, and this was it. They did a terrible job of stopping the run and, and being able to have answers for Jalen Hurts. And to the Eagles' credit, man, 
I mean, part of this, I do, you know, I know we're going to talk about recency bias later and, you know, we're covering the Eagles now, so this isn't on the list, but I feel like it should be, you know, here we are week 15. This isn't week five. This isn't week 10. This is week 15. The Eagles are a bad football team and they played a good game and everyone's all, man, Jalen Hurts hype. You know, we're, we're excited. The Eagles are in the playoff hunt again. There's hope in Philadelphia because NFC East is so horrible, which, you know, I know all too well. Uh, so I think there's a bit of recency bias here, you know, and it, I do like some things about Jalen Hurts, guys, but I have some mixed feelings. And it was funny because we talked about it leading into the game. If you would have told me coming into this season, week 14, Philadelphia Eagles, New Orleans Saints, Jalen Hurts versus Taysom Hill, I would I would have said you were crazy. I would not have expected that. But the next two weeks, you have Arizona, whose defense hasn't been that bad. And then Dallas, well, Dan, I don't have to tell you about Dallas's defense. Yeah. But Mitch, you're in the semifinals. You have Jalen Hurts, and I have a few shares stashed away. What kind of quarterback are you going to play him over a Matt Ryan this week? I think I am actually. Yeah, I think so. Like he isn't someone I'm willing to go out and get because if I'm in the semifinals, there's a 95% chance my quarterbacks are fine and I don't need to go and pay whatever Jalen Hurts' price is right now on whoever has him. I'm not willing to go out and pay that price. But I think as far as fantasy goes, yeah, I'm definitely willing to pay play him the next two weeks. And I really think we'll know a lot after this game in Arizona. Arizona's defense gets to prepare against Kyler Murray every single week. And so they should have a very good idea, idea on how to stop Jalen Hurts. And so I think if we kind of step back from the fantasy aspect of it, they get Arizona, decent defense to see, Dallas, we could kind of throw that game out the window, but then they get Washington. So if he looks good against on these next three games, I mean, that's huge. That means going into the offseason, I'm willing to acquire him. I think once he'll be moved at that point. But what happens if he goes out, average game against the Cardinals, pretty well against Dallas, then gets smashed against that football team defense? That's my issue is we've had the one good game, like Dan said, and I, that's it. That's all we got. Yeah, I would temper those expectations, too, for our listeners. When you look at the Saints, we all think, hey, good defense. So we were very skeptical going into that game. But that good defense was not a good defense this last weekend, not for four quarters. They really did a terrible job of containing. They gave up that huge play to Miles Sanders. Uh, they, they just didn't look prepared to stop the run. So I would temper your expectations, see what happens this week. I think your comparison is good, John, if you have a, a decision between like him and a Matty Ryan. If Julio plays, I would be leaning Matty Ryan. I, I just need a bigger sample size of Jalen Hurts right now. To Mitch's point, no matter what, if they do stick with Hurts, go, you know, Dallas in two weeks, you love that matchup because he's a running quarterback. Those those bonus points are nice on the ground. Mitch, you made a really good point. I thought of this with the New Orleans Saints, how the Arizona Cardinals, they that defense sees Kyler Murray at practice. Mm -hmm. Well, the Saints, they see Taysom Hill. And I thought there would be – a little bit better preparation. And I'm not saying, let me say this right now. I'm not saying Kyler Murray is Jalen Hurts is Taysom Hill. So let me just clear the air there. Yeah, I think the issue with that is Taysom Hill, he's a good running quarterback. That's kind of all that he has. He's good at throwing the ball, you know, to Michael Thomas, but I can't compare him to Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is just flat out better than what Taysom Hill is. And Kyler Murray. I, I was is, just saying, in terms of the the ability right. to move I, it, practice. yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. But if he does it, if Hertz does well next week, that's going to make him move up a lot higher than what he is right now on my tiers. Because right now, you know, I have him next to 
Jimmy G and Bridgewater. That's kind of where I see him is, you know, he could be a starter next year. He could not be a starter next year. That's just kind of where I have him now. And I'm not willing to move him up or down until I see some more film on him. Cause I've seen some people have him up into their top 12 quarterbacks. And I'm just like, I don't know how he could possibly do that with a straight face. Well, I, I, I saw a tweet and I, I, you know, retweeted it. And I said, I love the conviction. I stole a word out of Dan's dictionary there. I love the conviction because I was that way to an extent with Josh Allen, where people, I was getting ripped apart by people, especially trades I made in leagues. I got several like, Oh, I can't believe Bauer seriously made that trade. And I, I understand the conviction, but I'm not, I'm not there yet on Jalen hurts. Now, one thing that I love that he's doing for this offense and Mitch, you talked about it, how he opens things up. And we always talk about how, quarterbacks that are able to move and rushing quarterbacks, they open things up for the rushing game. Now with Jalen hurts, they ran almost exclusively out of shotgun. He wasn't under center very often in week 14. And then when you look at miles Sanders, 45% success rate, when the quarterback was under center, most of that was with Carson Wentz jumped to 59% when the quarterbacks out of shotgun. So by, by allowing the, the running backs, the, the bigger edge there and clearly Miles Sanders flourishes and thrives out of shotgun. And that was one reason whenever Mark Ingram went to Baltimore, I loved it because when he was with the saints, they didn't run out of shotgun nearly as much as Baltimore, who was number one at the time. And then when he was with the saints, his success rate was through the roof. So when we saw a larger sample size and went to Baltimore, I had a feeling he was going to excel and he did. So I think that's kind of what we're going to see with Miles Sanders here through the stretch uh, weeks, 15 and 16. Hopefully, you know, that O-line is still a weak O-line. It, it does amaze, I think, all of us that they didn't commit to more Miles Sanders, finding ways to get him the ball in previous weeks. I don't know, like, Carlson Wentz is not an immobile quarterback by any means. Like, I, I just, I can't fathom what took him so long to find a way to use use their offense and the capacity they did this weekend to produce some fantasy production for us and to find a way to win a game and, and play complimentary football. First time they did it all, pretty much all season. The big thing that really stood out, and Mitch, I do want to turn it over to you to kind of talk about the value and the cost to acquire Jalen Hurts. But the big thing that stood out to me, Jalen Hurts wasn't sacked once. He was pressured in week 14 on 26.5% of his dropbacks. Carson Wentz, 37% throughout the season. That's a pretty significant difference. And a lot of that can be chalked up to the fact that Jalen Hurts is definitely more mobile. I know Carson Wentz, he's not a stat. He's not Matt Ryan. He can move a little bit more than my man, Matty Ice. And, you know, I don't want to bash him. I love Matt Ryan. I got my guy, Calvin Ridley, back here. I always talk about the jersey. But, you know, Jalen Hurts, he brings that to that offense. And teams that have these poor offensive lines, we saw it in Arizona. Josh Rosen did not succeed. Now we could talk about his skill set and his talent. That's another story. But then you have Kyler Murray, and I keep going back to him, but he's a quarterback that can move. And so that helps out poor offensive line play. Now, Mitch, we've been breaking down our tiers. We've been throwing that in the Patreon. Again, one more plug. And we're starting to work on our first draft of our rookie rankings and draft order and expectations. But right now, today... If you were looking to acquire Jalen Hurts, not what do you think he would cost? Because that's going to be dependent on so many things, the, the league type, the manager that has him. But what are you willing to go out and, and pay to acquire in terms of picks? And then we'll talk about your tiers, where we have them with other quarterbacks. It's tough. I think 
if I really needed him is how I'd have to look at it. Cause right now I just wouldn't do it. But if I needed to, and I really wanted to, I think the highest I would be willing to send is the 201. Cause I think the 201 is going to be right around where Zach Wilson goes. And if I had to choose right now, do I want Hertz or Wilson? I'll take Hertz. I mean, that's, that's kind of the no brainer for me. So if I'm looking at it that way, I think it's kind of that beginning and early second, I'd be willing to move him. But I can tell you right now, I won't be able to get him for that early second. No. Now let's talk about a startup. So a lot of the startups that take place before the NFL draft, after the 2020 season ends, there's that stretch where we don't know if it, who's declaring and all that good stuff. So people typically, they throw rookie draft picks in the startup. So you can take a, a 106 or a yeah, Aaron Rodgers or whatever, you know, I arbitrarily pick that. So your threshold, if you're in a startup, it's 112 Jalen Hurts 201. Yep. See, that's interesting. I, I, I don't know if I'm far off there because I'm looking at my tiers. And I know a lot of people, these aren't sexy names. So if you are faint at heart, maybe you should be sitting down. Hopefully you're not at the gym working out, listening to this podcast, but Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, still Matt Ryan, and Baker Mayfield. I have one tier above Jalen Hurts. And again, none of them are sexy names. None of them are mobile quarterbacks. They're not flashy. But Jalen Hurts, I have him. And I think, Mitch, you might have mentioned this. I have him with Jimmy, Teddy, Derek, Daniel Jones. You know, Daniel Jones, he still gets the full name. He hasn't earned just the one name. He's not like Cher. He hasn't He's reached Dimes. That. Just call him Dimes. Everyone knows who he is. The way he's been playing, I'm going to call him nickel or penny, okay? It's the acquisition cost is a dime, so it's not that far off. It's close. Uh, all right, before we go on to Carson Wentz, any last thoughts here, Dan, on Jalen Hurts? I'm not sure if anything else popped into your head while I've been rambling here. Yeah, I guess I'll just help us segue to Carson Wentz. And I like where Mitch's draft value is. You know, I was thinking late first, early second. I don't know if he looked at my notes a little bit. You know, there's that tier of quarterbacks where we go back to 2020. You know, there was those guys after, I think I highlighted like Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, guys that I thought had some upside, but we were waiting for all the other guys we wanted to be off the board or if we couldn't get them. And then we were hoping to get Carr, Bridgewater, and those guys. And then I would be looking for a guy like Jalen Hurts or so. And that's where he's going. he is to me going into next year. I just – I still have a lot of doubt because of the guy we're about to talk to. There's a lot of money invested in him, uh, JB. How do you just shy away from that big investment when I, I think there is talent there? And, and we'll get to that here in a moment, man. So I'll kick it back to you. So we did a mock draft before we segue into Carson Wentz. We did a mock draft and it went like this. And I'm not saying this is how it's going to play out. I'm not saying this is our rankings necessarily, but this is how the mock played out. So keep that in mind. Trevor Lawrence, Fields, Chase, Etienne, Harris, Smith, Williams, Pitts, Waddle, Lance, Bateman, Wilson. Depending on landing spots, of course, and draft capital, Lance and Wilson are probably going to rise up a little bit. But we're talking about, and when I posted this on Twitter, every single person that commented, and I loved it, they were saying, uh, where's Rondale Moore? How is Bateman so low? How is Wilson so low? How is Lance so low? So what I've learned, every player in this draft is going to be a value if they slip after 106. Everyone. Yep. So that's why you got to look at it. Jalen Hurts. If you're in a startup, are you willing to pull the trigger there? Because I think if we see a strong three games to end the season, especially against Washington, because that defense, they're stout. They're, they're no slouch. I think we could see Jalen Hurts go in the fourth round of Superflex drafts. I really do. 
you know, and I, I don't think that's a stretch there, especially with people saying he's in their top 12, but a quarterback. Oh, Mitch. Sorry, real quick, before we get into Carson Wentz, because I think it plays into a little bit. I, I worry about the Eagles as a team moving forward as well. I think that's one thing. I don't know how many people are going to hit on. It's going to be a Wentz versus Hurts thing. But you look at the Eagles. I know people like to say the salary cap is a myth. The salary cap is a myth when you can hide other people's salaries in contracts. So what could have happened this year, The so the Eagles are way over the salary cap, right? They kept Wentz. They could reconstructure his deer, deal, um, put somebody up front. And it gives what, them was that, what was that word one more time? I know, I know. You have to make fun of everybody. But um, so. Hey, you rip on me. I have to throw I do it band. all the time. I know. So anyways, as I was saying, they could front load some money into that deal and it gives them more room on the cap. They can't do that if they move Wentz. And the problem is they can't do it if they move Jeffrey because they're going to cut it. Same thing with DJX. There's not a lot of stuff they could do with that salary cap this year. So with free agency hitting, their offensive line is in shambles. They could go out and try to spend all the money they want. That offensive line isn't going to come together in a year if they bring in a whole bunch of new people and there's no cohesion. So, I mean, it's just something that I'm really worried about is this team itself isn't going to be very good in 2021. Mitch is sounding like Coach Mitch now, man. You're talking my language here, Mitch. We're looking at the team and the const- roster construction. I love that. I'm not I'm sure. learning. I'm learning from Dan. Listen, Mitch says that he's critical to the state of Utah, but it sounds like he may have been uh, uh, hired as a GM somewhere, and we're not aware of this. I think that's kind of where we are. But, Mitch, because you know, talking about the – the salary and you do a tremendous job. I know I give you the jab every once in a while, but you do a tremendous job of looking at the salaries. And yes, people say the salary cap is a myth, but there is still an impact there. And sometimes we can get ahead of changing values based on that. Do you think Carson Wentz is a Philadelphia Eagle throughout the 2021 season? You're on mute. Come on. Rookie. I'm bad. Dude, it happens all the time, man. I'm a failure <laughs> in life, but I think it's 50, 50 at this point. Like before, I thought it was really hard to move that contract. But after reading an article that Over the Cap put out, it's only going to be like $16 million in dead cap. And it's not a huge deal. And they could probably make it work. The problem is, who was going to take that contract on? And how is it going to move from then on out? Because I think the Eagles could be okay. But they're going to be in salary cap hell whether they keep him next year or they move him. So I could actually see them moving him. But I don't know where he goes. And I don't know where the Eagles are going to be just in 2021 itself. The big thing, and Dan, I'll throw this over to you one thing. The big thing, if they trade him, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mitch, because I I mix this stuff up all the time. Mm -hmm. But if they trade him after June 1st, they actually will see $25 million in savings Yeah. So 2021, you got to be careful with that because even in that article over the cap, there's a way they do it. It's like 14 million dead cap. But if you actually just look at it, it goes from like 50 million in dead cap down to 24. I can't remember just off the top of my head. So I would just Google the article, do Wentz over the cap and it'll pop right up and they break it down perfectly how they were going to hide salary and all this stuff. So it was really interesting read. All right, Dan. Carson yeah, so, Wentz. So, so I'm going to comment on this and keep us moving to your next question is what happens to Wentz moving forward here as I look at our show notes. I mean, there's a scenario where both of these quarterbacks could be good next year. You know, I, I like Jalen Hurts because I see him better than, you know, Gardner Minshew we talked about 
you know, going into the year. He was a guy that had some excitement. There was some fantasy opportunity. For me, I just didn't see it long term in him making it. You know, I already I, I was already ahead to Trevor Lawrence. For this scenario here, I think Hertz could stick and become something. With Wentz, he reminds me a little bit of Ryan Tannehill in Miami. You know, he's broken right now, but I think there is a talented quarterback there. And to where Mitch is saying, hey, what's the, the status of the Eagles? If they could turn the ship around somehow next year, I think maybe Wentz could be Wentz could be fixed. You have Hurts for the future. But if they can't turn it around next year, then it's going to be Jalen Hurts' job because they need that quarterback that could run and provide a spark. You know, and if they could trade him, I mean, heck, there, there's teams that need a franchise quarterback out there. And if they're a team that has their organization going in the right direction, maybe you have a Ryan Tannehill-type scenario. And it seems like the based on multiple narratives, the salary cap situation. Mitch, do you already know what I'm going to say? I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, go ahead, man. Here, that's that's where we are at this point. I didn't even. It's not even in the show notes. I haven't even said it. Well, Dad knows too. I'm sure. Mitch knows exactly what I'm going to say, and that should be troubling that you can figure out what I'm going to say because you don't want to be in this mind. Chaos, mayhem. But the Indianapolis Colts. That's the team with the salary cap, the offensive line. Phillip Rivers, he's barely getting pressure back there. Uh, you know, so that offensive line, it will benefit Carson Wentz. But, and, and Owen, he in the chat, Colts, I bet. Yeah. Yes. Based on the narratives, like I said. And then the, the Frank Reich reunion, right. you know. So I will throw this over to Dan. You take out the Frank Reich thing, right? Take that out. The Colts are a very well ran franchise. Right by all measures, draft they do really well. Why would they trade for Carson Wentz? You know, I mean, I, I'm afraid right now that Philip Rivers has bought himself some time. Like I know going into the year, he signed that high school contract where he's like a, a high school head coach once he retires. Because we didn't know what was going to happen to him. I mean, he looked terrible last year. But boy, even a terrible quarterback who looked decent at times when you have a very good offensive line. And I don't know if it's coach speak or not, but Frank Reich just sings his praises. And even when he does wrong, he's finding a reason to say it's not all him and and so forth. So there's that little part of me that's wondering if he's buying another year and they use Jacoby Brissett here and there. But I mean, to JB's point too, I mean, if it is coaches speak, I mean, I would hope Philip Rivers is taking that high school job. You know, Philip, thank you for your service. You, you gave us a bridge year. Hello, Mr. Carson Wentz. We've now got ourselves a franchise quarterback who's young, and we're willing to pay that salary for a franchise quarterback. Now, we know last year coming in, a lot a lot of the talk was, oh, Le'Veon Bell is going to go to Indianapolis. Yeah. And the Colts were like, we're not taking on a salary like that, but maybe that was just specifically for the running back position. Maybe they will be more willing to do it, even for, like you said, a broken Carson Wentz. But for me, looking at values and tiers and where we have these players ranked, I have Carson Wentz today. I have him right there with Drew Locke and Taysom Hill. That that's what and I, I have Carson Wentz below Jalen Hurts today. You know, for, for dynasty purposes in startups, I'm going to take Jalen Hurts before I take Carson Wentz, unless Jalen Hurts is going in the fourth round. And at that point, I'm not comfortable. But I just I don't know if he's going to be in Philadelphia next year. I think that could be the worst thing for his value. I, I really do. This Arizona game is going to be telling. It really is. I think this week is actually going to tell a lot, which is the nice thing. And, you know, I have him probably a little bit higher than you just because I haven't dropped him out because I don't know about the hurt situation. And I think Wentz is still a good quarterback. But there's also a point to where as dynasty managers, we just be like, look, I don't want Wentz and I don't want Hurts. 
and that's fine. Let other people take them because there's enough quarterbacks in the league to where we're just like, no, nope, you guys figure that out. Give me Bridgewater next year and I will figure it out. You know, if I had to say going into 2021 with what we know right now, if I could have any of those three and we know they're all going to be starting quarterback somewhere, give me Bridgewater in that Panthers offense. I mean, mm-hmm. and Panthers and Bridgewater doesn't have a high value. You know, so what's the point in drafting the other two? Owen asked in the chat here, would you be better with Darnold or Minshew? I, I'm assuming that's in comparison to Carson Wentz. Correct me if I'm wrong, Owen. But for me, I have Carson Wentz above Sam Darnold and two, three tiers ahead of Gardner Minshew. I don't know if we see Gardner start beyond 2020 and that was the feel-good story that was a great story mitch loved having him as his third or fourth quarterback and it just really hasn't gone his way and you know i I think they they're going to be getting fields at at the second overall that i mean i can't i I can't wait to see where darnold goes though man i'm telling you i I watched the jets last this past week versus seattle and you know hoping they do just anything versus seattle for dfs purposes and that is honestly one of the worst football teams, coach teams I've ever seen in the history of watching game film, gentlemen. I mean, it, it doesn't even make sense. They're, they're play calling. They're horrible. They're absolutely horrible. Poor Sam Darnold. I feel bad for the guy. Whether he becomes yep. a good quarterback or not, I feel bad for him. And then Owen said, for an NFL team, who would you prefer? If we're incorporating the contract, I think I would want Sam Darnold. Oh, agreed. I, I would take Sam Darnold. I think we've seen enough. If you're looking between Carson Wentz with that salary, mm-hmm. Sam Darnold, his salary, Gardner Minshew. I mean, I'll bring Gardner on as a backup and a morale booster for my team. Yeah. Uh, yep. As a second quarterback, I think most teams would love to have him. Yeah, I think we've seen the ceiling of Minshew, and he's described just like you guys laid it out right there. But Darnold, there's a lot of people in the NFL that still like him and speak well of him of being a very smart quarterback. There's still upside there. There's a ceiling that maybe we haven't seen yet. All right, so I want to ask in terms of players and picks, Dan, you have Carson Wentz on a contender. There's no trade deadline in your league. You're in the semifinals. And you have a Matthew Stafford, who most likely is going to be missing week 15. But you have Carson Wentz. What player would you feel comfortable moving him for? So let me just run through a few names. Would you move him for Ben Roethlisberger straight up? That's brutal. I mean, if I needed a quarterback this week to win, uh, I'll roll the dice and take Ben and all that passing game because I want that payday. That's, right, the only, that's the only reason, though, because I, I need to win a championship now. No, absolutely. And 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 once the season ends, we get into the off-season values and startup values, and things are a little bit different. Philip Rivers. Same thing. He's he's gonna he's gonna score points. He's gonna score points this week, man. He'll help someone win a game. The Colts are gonna pass versus the Texans. All Dan sees right now is money sign, dollar sign. Right. He's like, he, he's looking up. He's like, oh, I want a new iPhone. Everybody knows Dan loves Apple products. Uh, so is it the same for Tom Brady? Yeah. I mean, like, again, in the scenario that I need a quarterback to help me win this week to get to the championship, Wentz, Mr. Wentz is packing his bags. Any other scenario, I've got to get value, and I'm thinking ahead to next year. I like how Mitch uh, – Dan reiterated 15 times there. If I need a quarterback, because he knows he's probably going to get offers after this. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's like, oh, I don't want that. All right, Mitch, you have Carson Wentz. See, this is tricky because I don't know if anybody necessarily is going to move a pick for Carson Wentz right now. There no. really is no, there's no reason. But let's say, 
you know, or if you want to acquire Carson Wentz, I'm not moving a late first today. No, I think I think you would be lucky to get a second for him, and no one is going to be willing to move him for a second. This right. is just one of those. If you have Carson Wentz, you're going to see what the hell happens because that's all there is. All right, so it, it, really, oh, go ahead, Dan. I think the best deal we've seen, at least that I've seen, that I know you guys are in a league with me, and, and I forget which side TJ was on, who's who's in our Patreon there, um, was a Carson Wentz package for Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, there's a guy that can help you win now, and he's young. Yeah, I like that. I, I did like that one. Mitch, what was the deal you made? I was actually, I was uh, Winston in a third for Trubisky. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I didn't need a quarterback, but I just wanted to make sure I was okay. Because, I mean, we could hit on Winston real quick. Like, I'm not sure there's a team in the NFL that's going to make him a starting quarterback. Well, did I, you see the blurb that Sean Payton said? Yeah, I saw. Yeah. And I, I know, Coach Speak. And during the offseason, we get into a few Coach's Corner episodes, and we talk about Coach Speak. I love that because it's all speculation. But if you buy into that at all, maybe Jameis has a chance. But here's my thinking. Then why isn't he playing now? Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Here's my thing. I, I I have this little theory that Jameis has tools, but is not smart enough to take that whole New Orleans Saints offense now and take over. Taysen has a better grasp of it. He feels more confident to bridge to Drew Brees. That gives him the best chance to win now. Drew Brees retires after the season, and now Jameis has been groomed and ready with a whole year under his belt. Yeah. And not Taysen, even Taysen's not the answer long term. And not even necessarily Jameis's intelligence. Just the fact that Taysom has been there. For for a few years, and knowing the system, just like you said, I think that's a really good point, actually. And so they real think- quick, I want to hit on this too because I've been thinking about the Saints situation. They're not a team to like be willing just to throw it to Winston. I don't think going into next year, if there's a team that's going to actually trade for a quarterback, I think the Saints are going to be the ones to do it. Like if Stafford gets moved, if somehow Dak isn't there for the Cowboys. One of the top teams I could see actually trading, trying to trade for a good quarterback like that is the Saints. I think the Saints are that aggressive team. He didn't. He didn't mean that, Dad. Yeah, he yeah. No, I was just saying that. in theory it could happen. <laughs> I like no, the theory. Like and we we said this last off season, and I think it's going to be more true this year. I can't wait. Like it's there's so many moving pieces. Mm-hmm. And that was my go-to line. Everybody knows that tunes in a dynasty theory or even fantasy football confidential every show, every week, I always have these catchphrases, right? And last off season, my line was so many moving pieces. And I think it's going to carry over here to the 2021 off season. Anything else on, on Carson Wentz here? Um, Mitch, obviously you're not going to move a pick. We're going to see very few trades involving Carson Wentz that also involve a pick coming back one way or the other. But in a startup, again, if picks are included, you said that Hertz, your threshold is 112, Hertz mm-hmm. 201. And I know a lot of people are going to be upset with that, but you said it. You said it. I, I didn't put words in your mouth. But Carson Wentz, how much further back is it for him? I don't even want to, man. Like, I just don't want to take him. Like, I moved him off almost all of the rosters that I could this past off season. So I don't know, man, 204, maybe 205. I mean, but at that point I would almost rather have whatever rookies coming in over him. Like, I just don't have a lot of faith in him as a quarterback right now, but kind of like what we've gone over. There's so many good quarterbacks and good quarterbacks supposedly coming in the 21 draft. Give me someone else. Brett is in the chat and he said last week, he, 
got back a late 2021 first, a 2021 second in Drew Brees for Carson Wentz. And he tagged me, he, he tagged me in this trade on Twitter. And I think my response was, I would have taken the first by itself. That's a nice oh. deal. I mean, so you're getting a piece that can help you win here at the end of the season because at least we can – I think if you make the championship game, you'll get Drew Brees back for 2016 – or 2016, mm-hmm. for week 16. I'm going back four years, boys. But you're also – even if you don't get any use out of Brees, the picks alone, I don't think you're going to get that in 99% of the leagues you're in. So, Brett, I love that trade. That's a great trade. In my opinion – sorry, I'm, I'm looking here at the, the notes coming up, the time – um, anything else on Wentz? Anything else on Hurts? I wish the Eagles the worst. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, there was there was a question, and I replied, but I is there any concern about Miles Sanders next year? I if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback, I think it, it's a bump for Miles Sanders. And my worry was the limited s- sample we saw when Hurts came in two weeks ago. He targeted running backs one time, I believe. Sanders had five targets this last week. Mm-hmm. Almost, it was like a, a 17% target share. Goddard had a 20% target share. So those are two pieces that I'm not worried about. And even if they don't improve that offensive line, a player like Jalen Hurts can open things up for that running game, especially, like I said, the high success rate for Miles Sanders if they're coming out of shotgun, which it sounds like if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback, a lot of the plays are going to be in shotgun formation. What a, what a good segue to recency bias. That sounds like a lot of recency bias there, Mr. Bauer. I like I, it. I, I'm just throwing that out there. But, yeah, let's get to recency bias. And I threw this on the show notes, and really it can go any way. And it sparked from a conversation Mitch and I had with Troy King. Everybody knows Troy on Twitter. Everybody loves Troy. Well, minus Mitch and I whenever we have to <laughs> deal with him on Fantasy Football Confidential live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time plug plug he he said in a, a redraft league one quarterback he was thinking about picking up Jalen Hurts and the quarterback that he mentioned was instead of Justin Herbert so I recency bias recency bias what what happened yesterday it is going to change values for dynasty which is a 20-year game but a, a few of the players and we don't even have to really talk about these players but they stood out to me so strong dynasty assets at first, I had Tyler Lockett on this list because of his performance, his fantasy production over the last three weeks. But Tyler Lockett, he might as well be 60 years old in a lot of people's eyes. But we're looking at Justin Hurt, Justin Hurts. Um, Hurts on the brain. I still have Hurts on the brain. Justin Herbert, quarterback 21 the last three weeks. Kyler Murray, quarterback 18 the last three weeks. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, running back 30 in points per game over the last three weeks. So all these are over the last three weeks. I'm going to stop saying over the last three weeks. Josh Jacobs running back 37, Godwin 43 for wide receivers, McLaurin wide receiver 69 in terms of points per game. So these are just standing out to people. And if this continues, it's going to have an impact in startups. But Dan, you're yelling at me about recency bias. If you have any thoughts on those players, other players, just recency bias itself, what do you have for our listeners? I love it, man. Uh, I'm going to start with, you know, Phil, who just tuned in here and says pump on the brakes on Hertz and John Bauer's one one week sample size. Phil, man, you got it. Phil Phil's right on here. And I think it's the same way with this recency bias we're seeing on Twitter against this outstanding array of players you just mentioned, JB. I mean, these are ballers here. Justin Herbert, man, I know things have been, you know, not as high as they were, uh, you know, a few weeks back. 
But my frustration there is not with Mr. Herbert. It's with that coaching staff. The Chargers are, are climbing uh, Coach Dan's dysfunction rankings rapidly, and I really, really, really hope they make a coaching change. Not that I ever wish to see anyone lose their job, but, man, they got so much talent there. And just watching those games as well, how they're not utilizing Eckler and the situations they're, they're putting Herbert in and the play calling. I mean, they just find ways to lose games, and, and that's a shame because there is talent here. There's been talent here in – Los Angeles now, I want to say San Diego, uh, for a long, long time, man. And they only got one Super Bowl going back to, like, Bobby Beathard or whoever it was. I mean, it's been a long time since this team's really gotten over that hump. So I hope they make a change. But for Dynasty, man, I, I love Herbert, and I'm going to be optimistic that they're going to make this coach and change this offseason in, in, you know, better times ahead. Kyler Murray, it's just health-related in recent yep. weeks. I was just this organization's climbing. They, they seem to be letting Kyler loose again in, in this last week, man. And, and I'll have a little thought on that in my, in my final thoughts when we get to there. So I'm loving Kyler. So real quick then, yeah. with Kyler. His, so we know he has a shoulder injury, so it's not even like a leg injury. And it kind of killed his fantasy upside for those three weeks until he got healthy. How much do we need to worry about that in the future that as soon as his running game goes, there goes his fantasy value? I mean, this isn't like... Uh, he's going to win a lot of games with his arms because we've just seen that like if he can't run that fantasy upside is really limited. And we, and I know Dan's going to answer the question, but we've seen it to an extent with conversations. I'm not saying it's reality, but conversations at least up until last night's incredible game um, about Lamar Jackson, right? Well, once his legs go, any of these running quarterbacks, once their legs go, what happens? I'm just saying a little injury though. Like right. just a little three-week blip, and if it happens at the wrong time of the season. I'm not concerned because other than week 12 versus the Patriots and Coach Bill Belichick, who's the GOAT, um, who really had Arizona pegged there, um, he's been playing tough, man. So it's not like he's missing time. He's playing through it. And even in those bad games, he was still scoring. You know, he didn't crush your dreams with, like, negative point performances. Um, you know, he, he still put up points. And I think it's an Arizona team that's still developing as well. Like they're, they're not all the way there yet, Arizona. We saw them take a leap last year to this year. Kyler just keeps getting better. So I'm not really concerned about that. Mitch, if you have any Kyler Murray shirt, oh, you'd, you'd be glad to share them. You know, trade trade them over to my squad here. Um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is on the list here. I think he's rising again. You know, I mean, we went through little phases of, you know, Lev Bell came to town and Whoever else has been there, it just keeps fading, fading, and they keep going back to Alaire. And I think he's getting more volume coming up here. He's in the best offense in football. They are a passing team, but I'm not concerned about him. So real quick on Alaire, people hate him. Like oh, I, I know Dad's not on Twitter as much as we are. People hate Alaire. Like there, I don't know if there's a running back in the league right now that everybody is happy when he doesn't produce each week. Because like the second Alaire doesn't do something, they're like, "Oh, see, told you, it's way is overdrafted." A, is it a Kansas City thing? Because we felt that heat with Damian Williams. It's very true. It's very true. But no, I completely agree with Dan. I mean, he's in the best offense in the league. He'll be completely fine. Calm down. He's a rookie. He's doing what we hope that he would do as a rookie, even where he was drafted. Like, I'm sorry, a redraft team didn't do that well, but this is dynasty, and he'll be fine. Now, again, I just want to bring this up to, to caution our listeners, even us to an extent. You, we have to reel each other back in, and it happens all the time. But what happens, especially in fantasy playoffs in one year, it does impact people's 
values going into the next season. Look at even, obviously, a little bit older, but Adam Thielen two years in a row. He had a fantastic, I mean, three years in a row, three years in a row, sure, three years in a row, but a fantastic start to the season and then fizzles out. And what does that do to his value in the offseason? You can't move him if you're looking to rebuild. In startups, he's a tremendous value, and you know you're going to get wide receiver one production for at least an extent of, of the following season for you know a portion. And then I see Phil's comments, and I've been I've been stewing on this, Phil. So I don't know if you jumped in just a little bit late, but he's saying pump the brakes on Hertz. Our brakes are pumped, baby. They're we're, I'm in park. I'm not even, I can't even <laughs> we're almost I, in reverse at this point. I have the emergency break on a lot of it playing devil's advocate, but just getting the questions out to these two guys, but going through, talk about our tier rankings to start the show. I have 17 quarterbacks definitively ahead of Jalen hurts. And then I have him mixed in with a few in one tier, but I, I think I'm going to be lower than most on Jalen hurts. Just, I wanted to get out, out there. I've been, I've been staring at Phil's comment. I've been thinking about it. I just wanted to bring that up. <laughs> Good, 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 good note there. Good note uh, to Mr. Kelly there in the comments too. Those dysfunction rankings will be coming. I've been looking at them more lately. They, they will be in addition in, in the off season. Going to have some fun with that. And then look, looking at these rankings here too now, like Alaire, he's only 10 points in scoring behind Jonathan Taylor, who's had some big plays lately. So the, the Taylor hype is up there. That That is exactly it. it Jonathan Taylor over the last three weeks to the freaking moon. Clyde Edwards Alaire running back 30 on a point per game basis. But again, that is what is on people's minds. The first 12 weeks of the season, 11 weeks of the season, it doesn't matter to people at this point. Yeah. The good thing, like Kansas city, it's, it's one of those teams that I watch weekly. How can't you watch them? We all have shares of Kansas city players. They're a DFS dream. You know, they like this kid. They're keeping him on the field. He's making solid plays. He's not making mistakes. So he's solid. Jake, Josh Jacobs, it's health for me, guys. I don't know what your thoughts there on him. I, I like the Raiders, the, the direction they're trending in. I think he's a solid running back. To me, he just needs to stay healthy. And that was a concern that we had going into week 14 here. And one of the questions posed on Sunday morning to Mitch, I said Melvin Gordon or Josh Jacobs? And very quickly, Melvin Gordon. And it wasn't a huge gap, but that one panned out for us. That one, you know, it was maybe two or three points in PPR. But that ankle injury, I, and we never want to say a player is injury prone, but Josh Jacobs, he does seem to get dinged up quite a bit. I, th I think Mitch, I think Mitch knocked him down a rung too last week. He he ticked Mitch off there, man, with his little scare tactic to fantasy football players. So I'll I'll, sh I'll ship it back to you, Mitch. But I saw in our Patreon chat you were a little fired up. I think it's true. It's true that. that it was fun though. I like it when players do that now, but the only thing I will add in about Josh Jacobs is I think we know who he is now going into the season. Everyone was like, well, he could still get patch passing game upside. He could get that PPR upside. We just know that's more than likely not going to happen in most games now. And so we could treat him as hopefully someday he could turn into Nick Chubb. He'll never be the runner that Nick Chubb is, but hopefully he could turn into that someday. But as of right now, he's kind of in between David Montgomery and Nick Chubb for me as far as what I'm expecting fantasy-wise each week. David Montgomery, oh my gosh. I'm actually going to get a sculpture of David <laughs> Montgomery <laughs> in, in, my, in my basement here. And Dan, you enjoy your Dak Prescott cutout. 
I'm going to have a full-blown sculpture right here of David Montgomery. I'd be okay with that, man. He's trending up for me. Like, I have three running backs this year that aren't PPR guys that kind of, like, deter people. And, like, King Henry's at the top of that mountain. You just mentioned Nick Chubb, who's, like, to me, the next tier under Henry. And then there's David Montgomery. Except for he's getting a little more volume with the Bears. They're just not as good, you know, a good a football team. But but those three guys are grinder running backs, man. That their work ethics off the charts. They're, they're just gym rats. Uh, I think they're just darn good football players. So th- those three guys could ball my fantasy teams any day there. And I think with Jacobs, the last note. Really, really, really quick. You can tell Dan's a coach. He's a gym rat. He's a heady player. Lots first of workout one, videos. First one in the gym, last one out. The key here is like it's dynasty. So I know I need to know these guys are committed to my dynasty rosters for a long period of time. You know, if they're not working hard, they have no room on my rosters. So so I like that gym work ethic. Yeah. And then Jacobs, one last note on him is similar to Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. I think the Raiders are trending up. I think they're a team that's not all the way there. And they're, they're like they're scrapping. They're trying to hang in this playoff race. They're giving everything they got. They're getting banged up. They're losing guys. But, the, but I, I think there's an upward trajectory there. Chris, Go ahead. Dan, Dan's just rolling with it. I right love now. it. I love it. He, 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 he hyped, man. You went down that list and it just, uh, it just, it's flowing. It's flowing tonight, John. No, I, I liked it. You, know, I, I'm all about the energy. I told you, man. Behind the scenes, I'm like a lethal assassin right now. I see you guys grinding on the chats and on Twitter, man. You make me proud every day. I'm following. I'm keeping up. And um, Chris Godwin, to me, there with him. And hey, I think no, he, I, I, I was spitting it over to, to Mitch really quick for Chris. Oh, my Godwin. bad, my bad. I, th- I thought we were, I, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. It's week for oh, Go funny. ahead, Mitch. Kyle in the chat says another coach line. Best shape of his life. Absolute best, best shape. shape of yes. his life. All right, but Love Mitch, Chris Godwin, what do you prefer for his upcoming production here in 2021 and beyond that he gets extended in Tampa or he moves on? I would love to say for him to move on but we don't know where that move on is to, right? We just don't know where it is. So let me, I would prefer him to stay with the Buccaneers and for Antonio Brown to go somewhere else. That would be my hope. Because I think as soon as Brown's gone, we see the Godwin that we saw week one, week two, before he had his injuries. And so, but with Brown there, Brady loves Brown. He just loves him. I know. But I do think if Brown stays out of trouble for the next six months, I could see him playing for somebody else next year. Yeah. And Dan, let me ask you here. Speaking of Antonio Brown, it, the Buccaneers, they went all in. They're looking to assemble this, this super team essentially on offense, bring in, you know, it would have been a great team in the year 2013, I think, you know, but if they don't win this year, I mean, it's been tough sledding for them. Do you think they would have any interest in re-signing Antonio Brown? And like Mitch said, that would open things up for not only Mike Evans, but Chris Godwin, of course, as well. I think this team's roster is that they're going to stick with it till it doesn't work. This head coach has only got so many years left coaching. This quarterback, Mr. Brady, has got only so many years quarterback. These owners want to win now. This is a roster that says, hey, we're all in. And that's why they went after Tom Brady. That's why Tom says, give me Antonio Brown. We know what the off-field stuff is, but he's the be- one of the best receivers in football. And, you know, I think with Godwin, he just – and I know we covered Godwin in, I think, a recent episode, and we talked about liking him next year. I think it's just been health and timing. You know, you know, you're, everyone – there's no offseason. No matter how you want to cut it, there was no offseason to get timing and get this offense where it wants to go. So if it doesn't work out this year, 
I see them right back at it next year, try to make some improvements in the draft and just build on what they have. Your boy Keyshawn Vaughn will have another year under his belt, man. Maybe he could spell Rojo next year. I'm just saying. But I, don't, I, I think we I'll don't bring up that name. Back. We don't bring up that name anymore. I told you that. Uh, before we move on to, I want to touch on Terry McLaurin. Mitch, a lot of the speculation there in Tampa that Tom Brady is going to get his pass catching running back next year. And that man's name is James White. Do you think it happens? <laughs> I could definitely see it happening. I mean, it would make complete sense. I mean, that's one of the narratives to where I'm like, yeah. I mean, where else would James White want to go? Goes to Tampa, gets that Florida where he's not going to get taxed on his money. Makes complete sense. If I was James White, I know where I'd go. I should have formed uh, Dynasty Theory LLC in Florida. Yeah, for for tax purposes, right? Would that have worked? I don't know how any of that stuff works. But anyway, Dan, Terry McLaurin. A quarterback that, or quarterback, a wide receiver that we saw essentially is quarterback proof. Can we chalk up the last three weeks and almost wide receiver 70 over that stretch to just game script? Maybe Alex Smith isn't the a great fit with him. And then we have to expect they get an improvement there in 2021. Yeah, I thought you were you know sneaking a peek at my notes that here that just had one sentence it says a quarterback away dot 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 right. he is a quarterback away and I, and I hate to admit this I really do being a Cowboys fan but you know when you're in the dumps every week and your team lets you down 25 years in a row you you overanalyze things so in the NFC East I've overanalyzed that whole division and since like and I'm going to age myself a little bit here since those like legendary coaches of coach Gibbs and coach Buddy Ryan and you know coach Jimmy Johnson like these teams used to be great. Then all these real rich owners came in and they just like crushed the culture of all these NFC's teams. And the division has been bad for so long. But as much as I hate to admit it, Daniel Snyder finally made a good move and brought in Riverboat Ron. And he has changed the culture. And that team believes they're balling out. Chase Young is a beast. They just need a quarterback, man. That, that, that is, this team is another one that I, I'm starting to trend up with in the NFC East. Yeah. I was shocked that he was even on the list. When you wrote down, when I saw his name on there, I'm like, people are really crying about Terry McLaurin. Like, awesome. The price that you got him at, he carried you the first 10 weeks of the season. So just stop complaining and be happier in the playoffs because of him. Like, I, that's just one name I'm like, calm down, yeah. Twitter. We'll be all right. You've got to anticipate some tough weeks when you don't really have a good quarterback. You don't really have a good offense. They're going to try to bracket and double cover him because the rest of the receivers are suspect you know cam sims has flashed a little bit here recently and logan thomas has had some moments but i think these guys are rentals until they get some some real talent in there and i i commented uh you know to to phil's response there in the chat and i mentioned our tears again there's been minimal movement for me and we have our trending column mitch and there's been minimal movement maybe one tier here or there but based on one game i'm not bumping anybody up five five tiers but like like phil said a lot of people do and that was kind of the point of this conversation here to wrap up tonight's show just be patient mitch mitch is ready for bed over there i'm ready for final thoughts i want that center boom final thoughts all right final thoughts all right dan you got me hardcore in coaching mode tonight man so for our listeners here, we're, we're getting ready. Week 15, we're rolling and getting close to championship week, even though JB's talking about startups. You know, don't let the weather sway you. Start your stars, but be aware of the weather, okay? Here we are in the east. JB and I, man, we're getting ready for some snow. It's below freezing. 
you know, it, it, you got to be able to run the ball in December. So game plans start to change a little bit. I'm real. I think Derrick Henry's going to go ham versus your, your Lions, Mitch. I'm, I'm sorry this week in a cold weather game in Tennessee as he's on his way for 2000. And there's no tomorrow, man. You saw Lamar let it loose last night. Kyle Mur Kyler Murray starting to let loose. Injuries are off the table. I wouldn't even let injuries scare you as long as, you know, you know, they're practicing on Friday and Saturday. So be aware of the weather. There's no tomorrow. Good luck to everybody going into championship week, one week away. Dan says he's ready to bust out some Christmas jingles. The weather outside is frightful. And I, I was <laughs> so excited. Henry is so delightful. Yes, yes. Love it. I and speaking of my David Montgomery sculpture, I might have to get Derrick Henry right next to him. His this will be a little bit more clay involved, you know, bigger, bigger dude. But the two of the running backs that I have on the most most of my semifinal teams have those two guys, and they're gonna be critical for me down the stretch. And I especially with their schedules, I love looking at my teams and I have those two guys there. Mitch, final thoughts, wrap up the episode here. Man, as much as it's the last of the season it's the last of the season for college football as well you know it's time to start watching that rookie tape getting your rookie ranking set up you know and if you don't have enough time to watch the tape hop into the patreon because we are literally talking about them multiple times a day i mean you bring up a rookie we're talking about him probably there's probably a whole bunch of comments already about him in there so you know if you don't have time just join up and if there's any information that you want to know ask us and we'll go look it up for you that's what we're there for and I think one thing that I really enjoy, and I do this, I, I I try to as much as I can. It's okay to say you don't know something, mm -hmm. right? And I think challenging each other, Dan, you know, I challenge you two every single day in our chats. You know, there's probably days that you are DMing each other, John, shut the heck up. What, what are you talking about today, JB? But I, I think that's very important and it helps allow us to grow as as fantasy managers and our evaluations and a tweet that I put out there. And I really have final thoughts, but this is my final thought that I am not going to let landing spots dictate and drastically change my values of a player. I went back and listened to episodes from the previous two off seasons, two off seasons ago. I said, AJ Brown was, he was bulletproof. It didn't matter where he landed. Tennessee drafts him. I'm dropping him all the way down here. Just listen to yourself, John. What are you doing here? And then last year, I talked about Cam Akers pre and post combine. I adjusted that too. So that's my final thought for tonight. Stick with your evaluation. And if you don't know something, don't be afraid to ask somebody. And you can say, I don't know. And that's okay. All right, guys. Everybody in the chat, we want to thank you for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Stay safe. Be kind to each other. Be safe in the snow too, especially if you're up in the Northeast here and have a great day.